My guest today is a Twitch affiliate out of Atlanta, Georgia, who streams Final Fantasy VII and Dragon Quest III, amongst other games that you'll learn. Um, and I'll be honest with you, both of those games I really know absolutely nothing about. Uh, but it was interesting learning about it. You know, that's the point of the show here, is to expose you to different uh, Twitch affiliates and athletes and maybe some things and that you've never heard of before. And I'm learning right along with you. And uh, what just makes him even cooler is that if you see in his cover art uh, for the show, he's got a Bills sweater on. So uh, he's from my hometown of Buffalo, New York. So without any further ado, please give it up for Ian Brunner. Get ready to get inspired. This, this is the Go for the Goldie podcast. Hello, it's Friday, August 21st, 2020. Thanks for spending your pregame here on a Friday with us. I'm joined today by Ian Brunner, Twitch affiliate based out of Georgia. Ian, how are you today? I'm doing good. How about you? Doing very well. Thanks for joining us here. I know it's a Friday night, so I know you got some probably some banging plans. So appreciate the time hanging out with us here on the uh, the podcast. Yeah, it wouldn't be anywhere else. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So you're based in uh, Atlanta, right? Yeah, we're um, originally from Buffalo, but I've been in Atlanta for about a year now. Nice, and that's a great lead-in right there because that's exactly why I wanted to have you on the show. You know, the uh, this is only episode twelve, so um, you know a lot of the people that. I've had on the show are people that, you know, are in my little network and uh, things I have in common with. So uh, I forgot how we exactly came in contact with each other. Um, probably just I kind of creep on Twitter and uh, find people that seem to be really excited about being Twitch affiliates. And I came across you, but then you mentioned you were from Buffalo. I'm like, oh, yeah, we got to we definitely got to get him on the show. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I know I tweeted something about. I think it was it was either the Buffalo Bills or the Buffalo Sabers, and you saw it. And then like I looked at my messages, and you had messaged. Maybe that was it. Yeah, that even it makes even more sense. You, you know, talk about the Bills because that's all over my timeline. Mm-hmm. What part of Buffalo are you from? I'm um, from Lockport, so like a half hour outside of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. They, um, I went to Kenmore East, so you guys were. In oh, our, okay. Uh, we did, we played you guys in all the sports, so very familiar yeah, yeah. with Lockport. Yeah. yeah. So when did you move to Atlanta? Um, well, my girlfriend works in the government down here. So I was at UB and about a year ago, and I was doing my master's. And I was just like, if I just power through and do my master's in like a year and a half, I can just move down to Georgia, you know, yeah, <laughs> get out yeah. of my mom's house. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's always the goal, right? It's no, it is, mm. You know how you're doing uh, life well when you get out of your mom's house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do you like it down there? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the city, like Atlanta, is really nice. I'm not a warm weather person, so like the past like month and a half have been kind of brutal. It's the first like real summer I've been here, mm-hmm. but you know now that's cooling down a little bit again. I'm more comfortable. The humidity but, down there is brutal. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm not like um. Okay, I was, I'm in Texas, and uh, I lived in Charlotte for a couple years, so we'd head down to Atlanta. Oh yeah, and um. You know, a couple of times here and there for I went to a Sabres game, actually, when the Thrashers were a thing. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it's just, yeah, that, that humidity makes it feel just so much, so much hotter. So I feel you. I feel your pain right now. But it'll get core. You can laugh at Buffalo in the winter, right? Yeah. Well, and that's like the one thing is I was like I was talking to people here. I don't know. It must have been like February. And, it, you know, it snowed for like 
20 seconds, like you could just see some snow in the air and everyone was freaking out. Oh, yeah. And then I showed them with, some. Everything closes down when it's in the forecast. It doesn't even have to snow. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were at work and I pulled out the phone, my phone, and like, you know, like even the customers had stopped to look. And I was like, you guys want to see some pictures from the Blizzard 77? <laughs> and they were like, like, oh, God, no. <laughs> I, yeah, I show people the, those pictures, all the, like people standing, like able to touch the stoplights in the middle of the intersection and stuff. And yeah, you see people's brains break. You know, it's like, how mm -hmm. can it snow? They might as well, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just another day. Yeah, yeah. So I was actually, you know, when you said you went to UB, um, you know, on your Twi uh, Twitter profile, associates in theater, bachelor's in English, master's of education. So mm -hmm. you, you are... You are a learned individual, huh? I yeah, I try and like you know I got my master's in education just so if I really I I'm not very I don't want to call myself like I can't I don't fit well into normal job mm -hmm. fields you know like I don't like the nine to five job that Ditto. it gets to me after a while. Ditto. But um, I got the master's just in case I ever really needed a job where I could get you know serious money on a schedule just casually uh, go out and get your masters yeah i get it <laughs> yeah but um you know it's kind of something that also i consider like you know education i think like every single day if you're doing something right you learn something interesting so mm -hmm. like i uh i'd like to create some kind of i've talked about this with my friends like a twitch like not necessarily like a full-time education channel but like something similar to a podcast where you discuss like you know something new in science or something so i'm trying to make my masters into something i use that's really cool and that's i think that goes to that like american ingenuity you know we're always thinking of new creative ways to, it's i mean that's what i love about our country is it's like it definitely is the land opportunity you can make money doing basically anything you know it's how creative you want to get like how so it's, it's really cool that you're putting that idea that education that you had and trying to carve like a new path and uh, I mean, obviously, I'm doing something like that on here, something completely different than what you are, but still the same, you know, and that's really like, this is something that's evolving, you know, as as time goes on, you know, originally, I started this uh, show to interview people who are, and I don't know if you know anything about the show, but what I do is I interview, I started off with high level, semi pro amateur athletes. So people who compete at the highest level of, you know, these sports, but still have to maintain, you know, to, they have to get a job, you know, they have to have a, maintain mm -hmm. a job to, you know, keep food on the table. And so it's obviously they're doing this outside of their work hours. So it's something they're very passionate about. And I think speaking with passionate people rubs off and can really have a positive effect in society. And, you know, I kind of parlayed my love of sports and I'm a triathlete into Zwift. And that's how I became a Switch affiliate is I stream all my workouts um, on Zwift and I make it interactive and I play with, you know, people who watch and, um, mm. you know, they get to see my workouts are all structured. So you see them on the screen. So, you know, when people think Twitch, they don't necessarily think, you know, exercise, you know, yeah. but I mean, sports and fitness is a whole separate category aside, you know, Zwift is its own thing on here. Um, mm. but what you're saying, you know, starting that, I think Twitch is so big. It's, it's, it's an interesting dichotomy because I think it's really big. Obviously, it is. But at the same time, I think it has so much potential as to where it's going. You know, it's still I could I think I'd argue it's still not mainstream. You know, you could walk on the streets and ask people what Twitch are and like everyone knows what Facebook is, but not everyone knows what Twitch is. So 
And that's where I think I see a lot of opportunity. And that's where I think the value in my show is talking to people like yourself who are, you know, a Twitch affiliate to me is someone who is, you know, invested enough in it to where you're putting a lot of time in, but you're not, you know, this isn't your full-time gig. So, you know, you're looking for the growth. You're looking for different ways to kind of carve your niche. That's why I like a partner. Yeah, they found their niche, you know, so they may not be, you know, they're kind of settled in. You know what I mean? So it's just a kind of, it'd be a different discussion I'd be having with people who are Twitch partners as opposed to Twitch affiliates. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah. Well, and actually, and I was thinking about this when you first messaged me. I was like, why did I start streaming? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, well, I remember being like, I think I was five when Pokemon Red first came out in America. And, you know, I got the Game Boy for Christmas and I started playing Pokemon. And my mom would always say, like, you know, years later, she'd be like, man, if I hadn't gotten you that Game Boy, you probably would have been outside a lot more playing and, you know, with a, you'd be, like, completely different. And I was like, yeah, but I also, at the time, there were people who were, like, you know, beta testers who were paid to play video games. And I was like, that's the job I wanted. <laughs> and I was like, you know, how am I going to get a job in video games ever? Um, and, you know, fast forward... 15, 20 years, people are playing video games on the internet as like a form of entertainment for other people. And um, have you ever heard of the uh, the podcast? Uh, now nah, my brain's brain is breaking. Not pressure's on. Convers- Ian. Pressure's on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to say it's conversations with people who hate me, but it's not that one. It's um, uh, it's by the Welcome to Night Vale people. You know, just give me a sec. I'm just gonna look it up. <laughs> no, no, that's cool. But it, you're right. It is wild to think about um, just how far you know this whole world of video games have come. I mean, it's it's almost to the point now where it's cliche to say, "Remember when your mom told you you couldn't make money playing video games?" <laughs> you know, yeah. because you hear that so much. Because you know, you look at someone like Tim the Tatman, you know, winning, mm-hmm. you know, Fall Guy. Uh, he did it. Was the number two trending topic on Twitter yesterday. You know, that goes yeah, to yeah. show you, you know, how much people are invested in watching other people play games. And mm-hmm. um, did you find the name of that? I saw you looking. At oh, that. yeah. It's um start with this. It's like because they're they're full time writers. So it's their podcast about like, you know, generating your own creative ideas and writing stuff out and you're actually doing something instead of just thinking about an idea all the time. Oh, that's cool. But they uh they talk about. um you know, like you can have your hobby, which like you, you have and usually if you have a hobby, you also kind of want to monetize it in some way, mm-hmm. which is good. But it can be like a burnout topic, too. If like like my long term goal has always been the write full time. I've always been like a creative writing area field or person. I saw you tweet like, about poems today. You, you said you're uh, in the process of writing a bunch of poems, right? Uh, Well, I have. I mean, I, I have a. Humble brag. I have a lot of published stuff. <laughs> no, that's why you're here, man. Brag it out. Brag it out. But um, I have like you know, and I I get that like you know there's a pandemic going on, but I've submitted 16 poems to four presses over the last seven months, and I've just heard like nothing because they take time to get back to you, and also the world kind of ended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so I'm just like, man, I would just love to hit like one one acceptance to get the the good chemicals flowing again. <laughs> That's um, awesome! Congratulations! I mean, uh, you know, I hope it works out. So when you say you uh, you um, submitted them, what's the next step? Like, what what's the goal of submitting them? You got to talk to me like I'm a dummy because that is a world I don't know anything about. <laughs> so yeah, well, so there's um there's a few 
ways. Like, if, like you know, people who your 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 writers who you go to Barnes and Noble to pick up, which is actually where I work. <laughs> um, nice. Okay. Who, we'll answer the question I was going to ask you. So there you go. So like you know your your Stephen Kings and Anne Rice and stuff. They you you write your book or your poem or whatever, and you send it to an agent. And your agent agents have like specialty reading areas. So you know like Stephen King's agent is probably like a fiction horror agent. And you can't like just submit a story to like Random House Publishing. They're just throw it out because um, they get like you know millions a day, and. So your agent is like someone who they trust to have good taste and they, they submit it to them and then they read and decide. Um, So like step one of making not always, but usually becoming like a full-time author is writing something and then submitting it to an agent and getting an agent to represent you. Um, So it's very similar to sports is what it sounds like. You know, you can't just, you know, have some guy who no one's heard of, like if like Drew Rosenhaus, for example, is a giant NFL mm-hmm. agent. So that guy, you know, everyone wants him to be your agent because if he's your agent, you're going to get to the NFL. So it sounds like it's kind of kind of a similar structure. Yeah. Um, and then there's um, independent journals, which are just people, you know, they get on the Internet, they make a website, put up some they solicit like submissions from people. And uh, usually they're free or the pay is like, you know, like ten dollars or something, but it's mm-hmm. something, and that builds up your resume. So I submit to a lot of those while I'm, I'm right working on writing a long. I've been working on the story for about a year now. Um, after <laughs> this is the first piece of writing I've done that feels like it's submittable to an agent, like it's at like a level you no know, that's worth sending out. That's awesome. So I submit short stories and poems to these small journals. So when I if they get accepted, you get some some kind of notoriety on the internet. But when you submit to the agent, you're like, I have these 20 poems that have been published in a free magazine. You know, here's where you can check out other writing by me. So they they can, you know, you have some kind of reason for them to want to represent you. That's really cool. That's awesome. So um, are you doing, you're doing both then? I know you said like, obviously you're submitting with the agent. Are you also running an independent, you know, uh, publication or, you know, like you mentioned, um, you're kind of like a free writer or what did you, what was the term you use again? I'm sorry. Oh, independent. Journals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you doing both of those or is there a value to doing both of those or should you always just stick to one? Well, I, I do do both. So I, Buffalo has like, for you know, Buffalo is not a big city, but it is a city. Um, it has a weirdly large poetry community for a city. It's like, it's big. And um, I started out just going to like, like uh, open mic nights and stuff there. And then um, I actually ended up living in Wales for about half a year <laughs> in the UK. Really? Um, and this girl at the University of Buffalo I was friends with had gotten published by a group in Buffalo called Cringeworthy Poetry. And, you know, I was like, well, I'm here. I got this, like, little collection of poetry I've been working on, and I submitted it to them, and they accepted it. And I've been submitting to other places since then. Um, But, so, like, yeah, the value is, like, you know, you want to do, I think you want to do both, because one gives you, like, usually more direct publications. Like, you know, within a couple months, you've had a publication, whereas, like, you it takes years usually to write and revise a novel to the point where 
you're ready to submit it to an agent or a contest where it's mm -hmm. going to get published and you're going to make some money. That's really neat. So, Wales, what brought you there? Oh, um, so I, you know, I'm always looking for a job in the English field. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, like Barnes and Noble is that, but it's also retail and I'd rather work, you know, in writing itself. Mm -hmm. um, and in Lewiston, back near Buffalo, mm -hmm. I, uh, there's a small press there called the Edwin Mellon Press. And I just happened to see in the paper they were hiring. And I went in there and applied and they called me. And I um, interviewed with the guy and he was just like, well, you know, you're, I was doing my master's. He was like, well, you really need a doctor to do this job because they actually publish like academic papers that don't have like the marketability of like, you know, a normal one, like big, like Yale and stuff won't publish these papers through their presses, but they, they still think they have value. So they publish that stuff. And he was like, you know, you really need to have like a PhD to be in this job. I, uh, I was like, all right, you know, I didn't get the job. It was like, thanks for the opportunity. And then like a week later, I was sitting at home and my family was out of town and he called me and he was like, well, you know, like you were well-spoken. We had an interesting conversation about um, Joseph Conrad's The Heart of Darkness uh, and King Arthur. So what if like I, as like an internship, sent you to my printing press in Wales and you just did a little work there as well as like, you know, got, out, got to see the world. Holy cow, that came Wales. out of nowhere. So that just came out of left field. Yeah, yeah. He called me up. He, he And like within like a month, uh, he had given me like 2,000 pounds and a plane ticket and sent me to Wales. <laughs> and wow. I was there for like five, six months, I think it was. How hard was that decision? Oh, I had like, once, once like I had like figured out that it was not a joke, I was like, I'm in. No question. <laughs> yeah, I would have thought I was getting punked or something. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, uh, I, uh, it can be a good or bad habit, but, like, I'll say yes to things for the story of doing it, you know? Like, I'm like, I got to go to work at 8 a.m. tomorrow, but my friend wants to go out at 11 p.m. right now. But it'll be an interesting story in a couple weeks. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm the same exact way. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've gotten myself into quite some trouble doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you get real tired, but yeah, get some right. fun adventure. Just make it through the day. That's all. Then you're good. Mm -hmm. So that's, an, that's a really crazy story. And it's funny because... Um, I had uh, Romeo Romero on the last show and your mm -hmm. two stories couldn't be, you know, more opposite, you know, he's like, and that's exactly why I'm trying to get so, as much of a diverse, you know, as many diverse people on the show as possible, because I want to show like, you know, I think people, when you talk about Twitch, I think people have a misconception about what the, what it actually is. You know, I think, People just, you know, it's like, why do you want to watch people play video games? It's like, it's much more than that. You know, it's because I like watching people do things that have a passion, whether or not I'm even into that. You know, like I find myself on Twitch watching people play games who are incredibly good at it, like Call of Duty, for instance. And I'm not just saying this because Romeo was on the podcast. He's a <laughs> Call of Duty guy. I have no interest in ever playing that. Like, I just it's not something that interests me whatsoever. But I like watching people who are really good play it because it's like such a cool like it's just cool to see people do things that they're really good at so for you i mean and it sounds like now that we know a little bit about your background and you know where you're coming from and you said even as a kid playing pokemon um 
Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest, you know, these are the two games that you told me you streamed pretty much the most. Um, these are like RPG type games, right? Yeah. And you said you play them with your with your girlfriend. Yeah, we uh, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday we stream together, and then sometimes I'll do like a solo stream on an off day. But we try to play like pick games together and play through them. That's really cool. And we, I was talking to Romeo about this in the last show, and tell me if you agree with this or not. But you you alluded to earlier. It's like you try to, you know, obviously the goal is to like monetize what you love. Right. And um, I'm a big Joe Rogan podcast guy. And he says a lot of times, like, find something what you love and then figure out a way to make money doing it. You know, there's always going to be a way if you have a passion for it. And um, but Romeo said, you know, a big part of it. And I agree with him, too. And I'd like to get your thoughts on it is he said, um, you know, you don't only get into it for the money to begin with, though, you know, because, you know, mm -hmm. it's not going to be like, you know, you're not going to hop on Twitch and then within, you know, five months you're going to be doing, you know, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest full time. You know what I mean? It's yeah. something that you you got to put the work in. And even if it never does pan out for you, at least you're enjoying the, the ride, you know, enjoying meeting people. I mean, right now, there's a guy in here named Jason. Um, I met him through cycling on Zwift and I stream with them on Thursday mornings now. He's out of California. And it's just it, developing this community. It's like, it, it's just these are people that you may never even meet, you know, outside of, outside of the uh, the digital realm you know so hmm. um i don't I, so i guess going back to the question the question i was going to ask you is you know obviously you enjoy these games you're not just doing it for the money so um you know how how how's been the ride the rise up to where you are now you know what's what's kind of been the process for you obviously you like it how long you've been playing these and you know just a little background yeah. on it um well so final fantasy 7 is like hands down my favorite game of all time um i have like one of my, my one of my like formational like stories of my life is that I had played through all of Final Fantasy VII. I got to the final boss, um, and, I, and I had to go to school. Like I used to get up at like five in the morning before middle school, and I would play Final Fantasy until school, and then come home, and then I would like go play soccer and stuff. Um, and Final Fantasy VII, I you know, it's like a two hundred hour long game, and I went to school. I Holy came home, cow, and someone had. It's a two hundred hour long game. That's... It's it's probably more like sixty if you know what you're doing. But like you know, I was like twelve and just walking around, talking to every single NPC, trying to find every secret. So let's um, let's before we move on with your story, I'm super yeah. interested. Obviously, um, for those who don't know, um, one could you just kind of explain the basis of what Final Fantasy VII is? You know, for someone listening that has no idea what it is. Yeah, it's like. It, well, it's okay. So it's it's a massive story, but um, it also was like they just released a remake this year, um, or part of it. And you start out as this character named Cloud, who has joined up with this group of like ecological terrorists, um, terrorists, but they're actually like um, I don't know, freedom fighters, I guess. So the the government of this world has figured out a way to turn this stuff called Mako on the planet into like an actual electricity source. Like they're almost using it like a water wheel and generator, except the Mako is actually like the planet's lifeblood or soul. Okay. And they're actually, you know, killing the planet faster by using it. And you join up with this group for pay 
to like you know bomb these factories to stop them from killing the planet and it spirals off into this huge story about like you know the first race of people to or like uh, build humanity on this planet and then like a weird alien that has come to destroy the planet it just it goes all over <laughs> awesome so that's uh that's a lot to take in right there <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and it's i just assume i mean is final is have there been seven of them is that you know final fantasy seven um or... each so there's like final fantasy is weird because there's each one is a different universe mostly there are like some where it's like Final Fantasy VII, like Crisis Core, and that's another story in the same world. But for the most part, like Final Fantasy One and Final Fantasy Two and Three and Four and so on, they're all different universes gotcha. with like similar elements that repeat in some games, but for the most part are not connected at all. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so um, all right. So going back to what we were talking about before. So uh, um, pick up where you left off. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I just I went to school that day, came home, someone had broken into our house and stole our PlayStation. Oh, no. And I was like, I was like, well, I mean, I'm mad about the PlayStation, but I'm even more mad about the memory card with the yeah. 200 hours of data on it. So I had to, I went out and bought another one and before replayed the whole game again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like 19, it was like 1999 or 2000. <laughs> yeah, memory cards, man. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, I just I spent so much time playing that game. Um and then when I was first starting to get really heavily into wanting to like write full time, I was listening to that podcast podcast I mentioned earlier to start with this. And they were talking about how like, you know, they're full time writers. They you would think like the motivation for them would be to get up in the morning and they like to write, but also they're making like literally all of their money doing it. They would sit down and want to write, but it, you you do anything too long and you're going to kind of hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, burn out, burn out, yeah. Yeah. So one of the guys was like, yeah, I straight up, like I was, I was watching PBS one day and this guy was doing wood carving. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take up wood carving as a hobby. I don't try to monetize at all. Just something to get me out of the writing headspace into like a completely new headspace. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well, let's, like, what do I, what, what do I like doing? I was like, I play video games, I write, and I read. So let's, I, I've heard about Twitch, so let's just start a Twitch channel. And at the time, I, I liked the Pokemon trading card game a lot as, like, a, a deck-building strategy game. Mm-hmm. And they have an app, so I started playing it. And uh, I made, I, it was weird how fast it happened because I just was streaming and learning about setting everything up. And I would have people come in from time to time and um, talk to me about, like, you know, the decks they were And then one day, like, someone who had, like, 30 viewers just randomly raided me. And uh, after that, like, I was, like, I had, like, 5 to 10 viewers pretty often. So I just hit Twitch affiliate on accident. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's so cool, though. I, and that's a big thing that I'm taking away from my experience on Twitch is it really is such a cool community. You know, it's like... It, it sounds like it's a lot like the comedy community in the sense that like it's not very cutthroat you know everyone's in it mm-hmm. together and everyone it, to, I, I, this is just my observation but i feel like if everyone's succeeding then the whole platform you know gets gets risen yeah. together you know it's not like it's not cutthroat and their whole raid thing is just i always um not always i've been starting to really at the end of my streams you know just 
pick someone in the same game like Swift, um, and I'll raid them, you know, because I think it, it it's kind of like it's a karma thing. You know what I mean? If someone raids you yeah. and you, you just keep that train going, you know, I, I love that idea that everyone's so helpful. And um, think about that. I mean, you said that one one raid kind of changed your trajectory, you know, and yeah. you don't know if you can do that for someone else. So that's cool. How long mm-hmm. did it take you to become an affiliate from the time you signed up for your um you know, account to time you became affiliate? I think it was probably, so when I, back in Buffalo, I my parents, <laughs> my parents have the worst internet of all time. Like, I don't know how they survive, <laughs> except that they're from, like, a period, you know, kind of before internet was important. Um, yeah, well, like, they had, they had, like, the DSL that had, like, 0.5 upload, but I really <laughs> couldn't stream anything that needed more than that. And, um, so for like a year, I would stream the Pokemon card game on and off while doing school. But once I really settled into it after graduating, it was probably like four months because mm-hmm. uh, you need the three average viewers, which I think is actually the hardest part of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I would have my girlfriend and my friend John pop in. And then just like if one other person showed up by chance, it was like four or five months. I got the average. Nice. Yeah, that's... um. That's that's where this kind of like developing a schedule comes really mm-hmm. into play, right? You know, I, I think that's yeah. the first thing that I noticed when I talked to Twitch affiliates is you. I didn't even ask you. You just right off the bat, you're like, you know, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Me and my fiance are doing. It. I'm sure you got times that you do it as well because mm-hmm. you figure out, you know, the people that you're kind of hanging out with when you're streaming, what they like, you know, what they prefer, and because it's all about them, right? It's uh, yeah. It's all about what they want to watch, what people are entertained by, and what their interests are. So um, you said, so Tuesday, Thursday, is that what you said? Or no, Thursday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. That's, yep. that's and when you do your joint with your wife, or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. go bust and rank on you there, my bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then when, so Dragon Quest, do you stream that a bit as well? Yeah, so Dragon Quest for, is actually goes back to almost the same time as Final Fantasy, even a little earlier. I uh, I got you know I used to go to um, it wasn't GameStop at the time. What was it called? EB Games maybe. I I went there and I EB I had, Games. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I had uh, my Game Boy. I still have the same Game Boy from like, when I was five. Um, and I uh, I be, went. That should be into, an exam. Yeah, I went in there and I was just like um. You know what game I I almost never like buy games anymore based off of trailers. I, if the art looks cool and it has like semi decent reviews, I'll just like look at the stars. I'll play something, just mm-hmm. play it. Um, so I picked up in the localization was Dragon Warrior instead of Dragon Quest. Okay. Um, actually to avoid I think getting sued by Dungeons and Dragons at the time. Um. And uh, I bought the game, and I just, I remember, like, sitting in my parents' car on car rides and just playing through Dragon Quest 1 and 2. And then, you know, fairly recently, about a year ago, I was like, well, I played those. I kind of want to replay them and see how they hold up. And I've now I've set myself, like, kind of a fun goal of beating, there's 11 Dragon Quests, and I'm working my way through all of them. That's awesome. Um, so we actually just finished 11. Uh, like two weeks ago, and that game was like 160 hours long. Like we literally put like 160 Whoa. hours. Into it. How long does a game like that take? I know, obviously, the hours. So for those who don't know, too, like um, that's a statistic. Like for instance, I just beat Pokemon Sword, like the story, 
And yeah. I think it took like 24 hours. So, mm-hmm. um, 160 and you know, I, I, I wasn't like trying to speed through it or anything like that. A lot of it's, you know, wasted hunting and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, I mean, just to put it in perspective, 160 hours, that's, <laughs> that's work. So how long does that take you? Like how, how many months did that take you? Um, I'm trying to think it must, it's gotta be at least three we did. Um, cause we were, we were joking about this when we beat it. We were like, I don't remember if we started playing this game cause we were originally were only playing it on Sundays. Okay. And we have one viewer who comes in for like every dragon quest. Like I streamed dragon quest four a little bit earlier and he was there <laughs> um, <laughs> like immediately. Um, these guys, the word set up. Yeah. And, um, we, we were just like, man, when did we start playing this game? It was before everything closed down. <laughs> Wow, so you've been doing it for a bit then. Yeah, and most of them, well, I don't know, like, one, Dragon Quest 1 and 3, and and 2, I guess. If you know what you're doing, you know, they're like 10 to 15 hour games. Dragon Quest 11 is just long. Like, it's like a time travel story, so you, you get the ending, and it's then it's like, but actually, there's a whole other story if you go back in time and do it again. <laughs> So Dragon just, Quest, I know, I mean, F- Final Fantasy is a super popular game. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Quest, I don't know a thing about. So is it an RPG as well? Or is it, what, what's kind of, is there a game you can maybe compare it to that it's like? It, it's basically, um, if you take Final Fantasy, like Final Fantasy has gone, like, originally it was more high fantasy, like we're going on a quest kind of story. Mm-hmm. Um, and recently it's kind of turned into like, you know, that fantasy technology story where like there's a mixture of magic and like the world is also kind of similarly technological to ours. Dragon Quest has just stayed that like high fantasy, you know, like you're like the lost prince of a kingdom and you have to reclaim your kingdom or something. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Now, do you typically... Uh, gravitate to those kind of games? Are there, are there any other games that you stream in addition to these two? Um, yeah, well, we're basically stream any RPG that interests us. <laughs> so, like, okay. right now, we're doing um, uh, on Thursdays, we're doing I'm trying to think. No, I'm all getting confused now. Saturday is Quest for Glory, which is probably one of my favorite games of all time. I'm just having my girl... I challenged my girlfriend to play through them, so I've been watching her <laughs> Play them on Saturdays. That's cool. That uh, you guys do that together. Yeah. Sunday is Horizon Zero Dawn. And what the heck are we doing on Thursday? I can't remember anymore. <laughs> Everything's blurring together. <laughs> My fiance couldn't give a shit about any of the games that I play. So mm-hmm. she actually hates Pokemon because it's the same like three songs over and over again that gets stuck uh, in her head. <laughs> My mom used to get so mad because she would get the the route music from Pokemon Red stuck on her head. And <laughs> then catchy, you can't help it. Yeah, and then I would go around like humming it for the rest of the day because I was like six. I'll, I'll whistle it, and I don't even realize I'm whistling it. It's just like lodged at the back of my head, you know. <laughs> I actually, it was something I noticed at work a couple weeks ago. Is um, like if it's like really busy and stressful, I'll like hum the Pokemon Center music, and I just do it like subconsciously. <laughs> so what? Um, how many hours a week do you typically stream? Um. Thursdays are hitter. Oh, I just remember we're doing Shadow of Mordor, the Lord of the Rings game on there. Oh, right cool. now on Thursdays. That was popular. Yeah, it's and um, we're both huge Lord of the Rings fans. Like we could do a whole other podcast. <laughs> it's just Lord of the Rings discussion. You want to um, hear, hear something that you might log off right now? I've never seen one of those movies. 
Well, I mean, that's better. Like, I would say read the books first. Okay. <laughs> before okay. you watch movies. Yeah. Shocking coming from the guy with his master's in English. <laughs> um, I love the movies, but they're just, they're good. They're just not as good. Gotcha. Um, but so Thursdays, we usually, we start at seven. And I, you know, I run on four hours of sleep normally. <laughs> um, whereas my girlfriend needs seven or eight. So we're streaming from like seven to 11 or seven to midnight, depending on how invested in the game we are. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday and Sundays, we start at six and we have no idea when we're ending. Like when we were playing Final Fantasy 15 together, we would literally like it was like we started at six and then all of a sudden it was 3 a.m. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Because this, that game That's is crazy. so many side quests where you're just like. You know, like, she would be like, all right, I'm going to go make some food. And she'd, like, just keep doing side quests. <laughs> you can finish the game eventually. That's so cool. And that's, see, so this is kind of, like, my idea for interviewing people who are Twitch affiliates. Um, because, like, for me, I only stream, like, let's see, if I do the math, maybe, like, let's say seven, probably, like, nine to ten hours a week. That's it. So, because I'm exercising. You know, so like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm whooping my ass on these on these, you know, on these streams. So I stream every morning from 730 to nine. Usually it's about mm-hmm. somewhere that hour and a half ish area. Um, and then Saturdays are usually like my longer ones where I'll do like two or three hours on, on there to, um, you know, more of a uh, long distance type one. But um, I guess my, my goal is to get the word out about like there's so many different ways to become a twitch affiliate and um Mm. i i want to kind of and that's why i love talking to people like you because your games i don't know anything about and it's good to talk to people who have crazy different interests because i want to expose this to people i want to be that central point where people can use me as a resource and what i'll do is if you can do me a favor um any like obviously in the show notes after the show i always put in you know, I'll put in your social media channels so people can follow mm-hmm. you if they're interested. If they're hearing, you know, like, hey, I like this. Maybe I want to get into this. Um, They can see you playing it. But any other, like, if you have any, like, I know you mentioned trailers. You know, if there's a trailer that you particularly think would be a good, that represent or a good um, preview of what the game is actually like, you know, shoot that my way. And I'll put that in the show notes, too. So uh, people want right. to get into it. They can they can see what it's like, you know. Yeah, so, no problem. Are there any games that are coming out that you're looking forward to, or are you just so ingrained right now and finishing what you got going on now that you're not really thinking about that? Um. Well, I actually there's a couple. I was thinking about this actually, like right before I we started the uh, stream because I my like writing genre I prefer horror. Um. So I was like, man, what horror games are coming out for like you know September October? Those would be good streaming games. Um. So I I don't know of any horror games that are coming out, but I do want to play uh, Call of Cthulhu, the Lovecraft game, because we played like right when I moved down here. One of the first games we played together was called The Sinking City, and it's like an HP Lovecraft inspired story. And that game was so like it's a cool game, but like made by a, like a studio that didn't have a lot of money. So, okay. like, the game is so janky, and it was hilariously <laughs> fun to play. I, I would love to find something, like, in that same, like, uh, vein. Okay. But I'm, I am excited for, um, uh, it's the new Star Wars dogfighting game. I think it comes out in November. Um, and 
I don't know how excited I am for that game, partially because it's made by EA Games, uh, and partially because I think you're going to need to have, like, a serious team to play it. <laughs> gotcha. Because it's, like, you're... I'm, I'm a big Star Wars fan, but, like, you know, you're you're going to be a member of, like, a five-man squadron in space. Okay. You have to, like, dogfight other teams. So it could be real good or real bad if you don't have someone who wants to play right, with you. Right. So if you... You you want to get into it, but you know if you don't have another team that's going to take it as seriously as you do, you're kind of like a man without an island when it comes to that. Yeah, well, and I like I'll probably buy it, but then like my my both my girlfriend and I are huge Dungeons and Dragons players, so like my Dungeons and Dragons group from Buffalo that I still play with, we'll all probably play it together. But I don't know if I'll stream it because I don't want to put people who don't want to be on Twitch on. Twitch, you know? Right. No, that's it's it's respectful. You know, that's nice. Yeah. So, um, do you prefer the card game? Like the like, do you do you prefer playing Dungeons and Dragons in person or uh, video game version, or are um, they just very different? You know, the video games are. I'm I'm always impressed from the D and D video games I've seen because they use the systems of the board game, so like they're so ingrained in it. But it's just not the same because in actual like physical Dungeons and Dragons, you can do literally anything you want. Okay. Um, even to the detriment of like ruining the game for other people. <laughs> um, but uh, we use uh, a website called Roll Twenty, where they literally just give you like a white board with tiles, and you can fill in your own map and everything, and you know play the game uh, as you would on a board, but through webcam. Okay, um, which That's is pretty cool. We, yeah, we've been. I've known the people I play with since elementary school, and we've just kept playing. Like, we all started playing one year and just have kept going. <laughs> Is that a pretty tight community, the Dungeons & Dragons community? Um, I mean, it's, it's like, one of the biggest uh, Twitch channels is Critical Role, um, where, you know, they're incredibly famous just for playing Dungeons & Dragons. Um, but, yeah, the community, like, if you, if you play D&D or any other kind of, like, like Call of Cthulhu is another D and D style game, but for Lovecraft, and you meet someone else, you immediately have like a talking point. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also like the negative side to it, where people get real like, like you know, the game is very math based, and like I'm awful at math. Um, <laughs> and people who like they're like, why would you do that action when it doesn't maximize this number? Blah blah blah. And all of a sudden, you're just not having fun because so like a human are, algorithm. Yeah, and they're yeah. yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. So it can go one of two ways, like when you meet people. Usually it's, I've only had positive ones, um, mm-hmm. but there are like, you know, toxic people in, in any community. Yeah. That's, it's a shame that that happens, but you're going to get that anywhere, right? No matter what you're yeah. doing, whether you're, you know, playing that or sports or music yeah. or whatever, you're always going to get those, you know, shitty people, but you just try mm-hmm. to get as little of them as possible, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, how, so, are there any days that you particularly don't stream? Like you make it a point like today we're just going to chill. This is our, you know, headspace day or something like that. Yeah. Well, that's why like Thursday we have the schedule to Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. And my, my girlfriend does not particularly like dragon quest. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The games are, they can be incredibly tedious. um, But, uh, so I've been working, like, she'll play the newer ones with me, but the older ones are even more, like, brutally just kind of, like, you know, do things in the correct order. Um, 
So on like I've been looking at my schedule, my weekly work schedule, and if I have a day off that's like a Tuesday or a Friday, I'll just be like, all right, I guess on this day I'm gonna play Dragon Quest for three hours. Um gotcha, gotcha. That but I try to not stream like every day of the week just because otherwise I would never get like any writing done or like mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of podcasts, so like I'll have a day where like I get up and write and then I'll go for like a six hour walk and just listen to podcasts. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. That's podcasts change the world, man. I oh mean, yeah. I, three, I think what what year is it? Twenty. So like four years ago, I was about yeah, yeah, about four years ago, I really started getting into podcasts and I was trying to find because there are so many. It's like, where the hell do you start? You know, there's just, mm-hmm. there's everything about anything that you could find. And, um, but I, I honestly, I mean, I, I attribute podcasts to my change. You're like, it was a monumental shift in the way that I lived my life because I, mm-hmm. you, for me, it's like before the internet, before, I mean, I think I'm a little older than you. I'm 34. So I grew up, you know, without, the internet, you know, it, it, around middle schools, I think when it really started to ramp up with AOL and instant messenger and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, if you went to school and you were different, you'd come home and, you know, you just thought mm. you were different, <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah, you know, now you can, you can find, you know, like Dungeons and Dragons, for instance, like that's, if there's a lot of places where, you know, you may be the only kid who's playing Dungeons and Dragons and you can get yeah. made fun of, you know, but you can find other people and create this community, you know, online where you're accepted because, you know, it's other people that share the same passions as you. And I think when I was in my late 20s, I started to kind of realize that, you know, if you're surrounded by people, you kind of get dragged not dragged down but maybe in the direction of what the most common denominator is and sometimes that can become toxic you know and yeah um i think what it really started to understand like you know the power of you know scheduling and positive thinking and you know kind of Mm -hmm. growth mindset and all that kind of stuff that's 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 what really changed my life so that i can totally if, if yeah, I walking around for six hours listening to podcasts. I could definitely do that too. I mean, I, I listen to podcasts from that. There's never any silence. I'm always I always have something on that I'm listening to. <laughs> yeah, I just thinking about silence. When I was um, the town I lived in in Wales was called Lampeter, and it had 300 people like during the school year. Like they have a big uh, university there, and at the time when students were there, the maximum was 300 people in the city. Oh my Which God. is just—it was like you know the size of Wilson back home. But yeah, yeah, it's um, crazy. And but you know, like you were in the countryside. Like when night came, there was like streetlights and then just pitch black darkness. And I remember just being like, "Man, I can't sleep without some kind of sound." Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm the same way, and that's—I mean, there is something calming about that, I guess, right? But mm-hmm. maybe it's a little novel. Like for me, that would wear off real quick. well and like something i've started doing recently um when when uh everything closed down i was like you know i've got time to read more than like the stuff i i feel like i should be reading like within the genres i like um so i'm gonna i looked up the oxford um medieval reading list and the oxford classics reading list and I've been working my way backwards through all these like texts that you know you should read if you're like a full-time English literature student. 
And uh, sometimes I'll be reading, like, I just read the poem Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, and I looked up, like, English countryside atmosphere on YouTube and put on that soundtrack and read to that. <laughs> that's really cool. That's, that's wow. I, uh, you put that, it, it, it's cool that you put that together like that. So it kind of gets, uh, creates the ambience, you know, like for setting the tone for, you know, kind of putting you in the setting of, or mind space, or headspace, I guess, of the, the yeah. poet who wrote it. That's awesome. I like that. Well, and it kind of happened because I had watched uh, a documentary about it from the BBC. And, you know, they were talking about how it's a weird poem, but, you know, the main character, Gwen, like, he goes questing off into the countryside of Wales and Arthurian times. And, you know, the the guy, the, the host was like, this would be where, like, no one knew what was out there. Like, you would have been walking into the densest forest you could find. It could have been anything out there. And, you know, when you had... Then and then I'm sitting there reading it and like a truck goes by. <laughs> right. And I was like, this is this is weird. <laughs> that's uh that's that's still really cool though. So how how far along are you on that list? Um I have read eight of ten, I think. I've kind of cheated. I took Latin and French for four Latin for two years and French for four. Um and some of them are like read you can read the Odyssey. But you have to read like books one, three, and five in original Latin. I'm like, I'm just gonna read it in English. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, this is uh, a little too much work. Can you? So, could you read a book in Latin like straight up? Not. I would. I would have to like do some work to get back into it. I. I do. I'm a big fan of this author, Cassandra Clare, and she has a lot of Latin quotes in her books. And I do find that I can read most of them, but like. Usually I read them in like the wrong tense, you know, like I'll be like, that doesn't make any sense. And I look at it and it's actually like past tense. <laughs> gotcha. So you can understand what the, you know, kind of the, the topic is or the subject matter, but it's like the finite, <laughs> you know, the structure of the sentences where you kind of get hung yeah. up. Yeah. And I think it's a product of like, I took Latin and I took four years of French. Um, and I do French Duolingo every day just to keep my brain active in that mindset. But then my dad is from Budapest, Hungary, and um, I started studying that for fun, too. So my brain is kind of just seeing how different languages, even if they're not in the same language grouping, like Latin's Romance, Hungarian is Finno-Ugaric, you can kind of see where stuff mixed together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, is Hungarian, is it like the same alphabet as, you know, is it like... Um, you know, like Russian is just you know crazy different. You know, Cyrillic. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have their own alphabet, but I don't think they use it like at all. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Because like I've looked it up and I was like, I don't know what that means. But um, <laughs> like on Duolingo, I had to download a new keyboard because they have accent markings that like the normal keyboard doesn't. Use. Hmm. It, okay. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I was I was doing Duolingo for a bit here in um so i work for the soccer team here in dallas and uh okay and i um you know there's a lot of you know hispanic culture here so i was doing duolingo to learn spanish and Mm -hmm. um that's an awesome app i mean i i do it i go to the gym then i sit in the sauna and i do 15 minutes of duolingo in the sauna every day and Mm -hmm. uh, i learned it pretty quick i mean not that i could speak it or anything but like i was getting to the point where um i could at least understand what people were saying you know so yeah yeah, it's 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 a cool app. I like it a lot. Yeah, we were um, my girlfriend and her family and I were supposed to go to Quebec, like literally when everything closed down, like oh. two weeks later, and we would have gotten stuck like in Quebec. Can you imagine? <laughs> um, that? Have you ever been there? 
Not to Quebec. Uh, I, I've been uh, obviously Toronto in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Quebec's awesome. We used, so I took French, you know, growing up, middle school, high school, because mm-hmm. you know, silly me, I'm like, I'm from Buffalo, Canada's right there, and they speak French, so I'm definitely going to use yeah. this. <laughs> Wrong <laughs> and, coast. <laughs> yep. And we went to um, we went all the way up to Quebec for like seventh and eighth grade because you know they exclusively speak French and. It's cool. They got the a wall around the city. That it's like because mm-hmm. it was a fort, you know. So it's still like there's old uh, Quebec City and new Quebec City. And old Quebec City is still you enter. You know, it feels like you're entering like Europe. It's really cool, like a, like yeah. an old European town. I mean, you'll probably feel like a lot like Wales. You know, it's uh, it's mm-hmm. it's definitely got that old vibe. You know, not like not like Toronto. You know, where everything's brand new. My my dad always told me because when he you know he would go back to Budapest occasionally when his uh, when my grandma was still alive, and you know they would be like kind of lost in the city, and you would just end up talking to people, and they'd be like, yeah, back in like 1949 there was a bomb that landed on this this church here and just never exploded, <laughs> you know, like That's you're so like crazy, yeah, and you're like I'm there's nowhere like that in America, <laughs> no. No, they find and they find it too. Like when they go excavating, you know, for like mm-hmm. when they when they go to build like a new building, yeah, they just all these. And it was crazy when I went to so a couple of years ago, I was in the world championships for triathlon in Rotterdam, and mm-hmm. uh, we go to Rotterdam and everything is brand new. Like it's it it had a very Toronto-ish vibe, you know. It's yeah, um, yeah. very modern. Everything's and then you know you get on a train and. I think it was like a 40 minute train ride from Rotterdam to Amsterdam and you go to Amsterdam. Have you ever been to Amsterdam? No, no. Okay. So when you get to Amsterdam, it's as it was, you know, like you could tell it's old, mm-hmm. old, 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 old. And yeah, yeah. The reason being is I didn't know this, but uh, Hitler wanted to make Amsterdam like the crown jewel of his, you know, his uh, empire. So he he bombed the shit out of Rotterdam. Like he basically leveled it. That's why everything's mm-hmm. new because they had to rebuild it. Whereas Amsterdam, he left it alone. And it's yeah, like yeah. that is that is some crazy history right there. Mm-hmm. You know? That is that, that I don't know. That when you weren't when you're actually like experiencing that kind of history that you know in real life, that really hits mm-hmm. you. You know, that's some that's some serious stuff. I um I've told people like, you know, when if you're traveling, like sometimes you can just feel that a place has history. Like, you know, obviously everywhere has history, but like if you go to like Gettysburg, you can just kind of, aside from the, the signs, I think you can just kind of tell something happened there. And like even that pales in comparison to like going to, um, you know, like Wales or England or something. Like when I was in uh, Lampeter, I was like, this is an old city. I can just tell being. Mm-hmm. That's what's so funny. We talk about that a lot because I live in downtown Frisco, Texas, and mm-hmm. you know this place. I mean, there there was nothing here fifteen twenty years ago. So, um, our right in our Frisco Square, um, there's a statue of a train a guy hanging off a train, and it's like the first train to ever come to Frisco was in nineteen o two. It's like yeah, yeah. You know, that's nothing. That's a blink of an mm-hmm. eye in terms of history. You know, and uh, it's in 1902, Buffalo was popping. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we were, <laughs> we still had iron then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, it, it's it, it's cool because it's the perspective of the way that the, you know, because you, you go to those European places and you're like, 
Oh, this is, you know, you talk about like the Asian, you know, like China is just. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You you actually just reminded me there was a girl who was in one of my like group projects in my master's and she was from China. And, you know, our class, like a lot of education classes are actually discussions of like economics and political like differences between, you know, income brackets and stuff because you have to like teach to the poorest of your students because they don't have all the uh, accessibility that like a, a, you know, a middle-class student would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, yeah, all this, like, she was like, I, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in America during one of our classes. She's like, you know, you got like the race discussions and everything. And she's like, I'm not saying China's perfect, but all I'm saying is like, this stuff comes and goes, but like your America's a baby, like yeah. compared to China. Um, and I think you're going to see things level out in like the next like 50 years. And then you're going to get to a point where like, it's obviously still happening and still important, but not like the front page news every morning. We're still figuring this out. We're still figuring this out, you know? And uh, I mean, like you said, China has been around for thousands of years, you know, they're, uh, they're playing the long game, you know, we're still, yeah. the American experiment is alive and well, <laughs> as you can see, mm-hmm. it's, this has been a crazy year, man. It's just, I mean, obviously. oh yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking yeah. of that, how, how is it in Georgia with everything going on right now? Is it, uh, I mean, you guys were like the first to open, I think, and we followed, you know, we were right behind you. Yeah. Um, I haven't looked at the numbers recently because, uh, I mean, I don't know how political I want to get on this podcast. No, no, no. And I don't mean yeah. to get political. I don't mean yeah. to get political. Um, but like, you know, the governor of Georgia sued the Atlanta mayor because she tried to mandate maps in public. Um, and then he backed off, but like most of Georgia just seems to have given up on it. And I think we were like in the top three, like skyrocketing states, you know, <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly. It's um, like Georgia, Texas, Florida, Arizona. It's always, yeah. you know, you see the same. My best friend's getting married in November and mm-hmm. I'm his best man. And I'm praying that they lift this two week quarantine thing because like, Who's the, yeah. I can't just go up there for a month. <laughs> you know what I that, mean? I actually, you know, like we had been like my girlfriend and I, we've been quarantining. Um, I'm working again, but like my work is real good. Like you have to have a mask on. We have like cleaning wipes everywhere and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the my friends back home, we have a Fourth of July thing almost every year. And I was just like, like you know, I asked everyone. I was like, well, if I come to Buffalo, like, are you guys comfortable? Like, you know, I've been in like, you know, one of the highest states and they were like, yeah, you would like, you know, you're, you're clean. Like you're probably not, you probably might, you might have been exposed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had like, you know, it was only like, it's like five people and we, it was weird. It was like a weirdly socially, a socially distant barbecue. Yeah. Um, weird time. But, uh, yeah, I got in to Buffalo four hours before they put that quarantine thing are you on. serious oh so, like, my god i was like i mean i don't know am i like do i have to quarantine and no one ever said anything so i <laughs> went about my life hit a buzzer beater <laughs> congratulations yeah. on that that's awesome <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah was, um, i mean my mom my mom was gonna come down in here and visit uh last week but you know she's obviously she's older and um mm-hmm. she's like i and she's a teacher too, so she didn't yeah. know how that's gonna go up there. So, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, 
I'll be honest with you, Texas is like where I live. It's luckily hasn't, you know, Collin County is called, um, mm-hmm. really hasn't really never experienced a massive surge of anything. So, I mean, everyone obviously yeah. is still careful and everything's, you know, there's no like bars open and stuff like that, but, um, mm. not, it never got as crazy as, you know, like Buffalo did, where they just completely, you know, shut yeah. the place pretty wild. Um, so what I was going to ask you too is, um, are there any, so like, I guess I'll frame it this way for me, like, you know, I, I'm an athlete, I train at Zwift, but like guilty pleasures for me would be like Pokemon sword. And I like paper Mario, mm-hmm. the origami King, that new one that came out. Like I, I pre-bought it and, uh, yeah. you know, I, I play <laughs> stupid games like that. You know, those are like my guilty pleasures. Do you have any games that are, you, you think that like, maybe you wouldn't come off as liking, you know what I mean? But like, like if you do you have any games that you play where, you know, people would be like, wait, what? Do you have any guilty pleasure games like that? Um, I'm just looking at like the shelf of like games we have over here. I don't really know, like maybe Kingdom Hearts, but that's also like in the Final Fantasy vein. My um, um one of my best friends is constantly telling me to play that. He's a big fan of that game. That's like you with know, the Disney characters, right? Yeah, it's it's Final Fantasy meets Disney, and I have played all of them, and I still can't tell you what the story is. <laughs> Like, I, my girlfriend for Christmas last year got me, like, the pre-order, like, special edition Kingdom Hearts 3, because I had beat the first two Kingdom Hearts in, like, 2004 or something, and, like, there was literally, like, a 15-year break between two and three. Really? Um, That's crazy. Yeah, and it had been in development the whole time. Like, they had, they were working on it. Um, and so when it came out, like I when she got that for me, I replayed one and I went to GameStop and bought this like special edition of one that has like there's Kingdom Hearts one and two, and then there's a prequel game on the DS. It had like all of them on one disc. Um I think there's ten Kingdom Hearts games total. And all of you have to play all of them to understand three. Um but Did I had you know? sent her Did you know? I had sent her a video and it was like, you know, a two hour video called like Kingdom Hearts Explained. And she was like, I have no idea what this game is about. <laughs> and I have like, I could probably tell you like 60% of the story of the game because the game is just insane. Like, it's fun to play, but the story is just bizarre. That's funny. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a popular one. And it's funny because the guy who always tells me to play it, he's a huge Call of Duty guy. So, like, that's why when he told me to play it and I looked it up, I'm like, this does not seem like you. But he's like, dude, it's fun. You got to play it. So I'm yeah. always looking for a new game. What's your, so what systems do you play these on? Um, my, well, I've always been a PlayStation person. We have a Switch. Uh, speaking of Pokemon, I have a, we have a completed Pokemon or Pokedex. <laughs> oh, um, hell yeah. I'm trying to get yeah. there. <laughs> um, but we also recently bought a gaming PC. Because the way we were streaming when we first moved down here is I had a capture card, we had our TV, and then I had like a laptop mounted on a desk and we were using the laptop webcam. And then chat and stream labs open on that. And then the plate like a wire running through the middle of the room to the laptop. That's so, basically what I'm doing now. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we bought like a real computer and we're if it's like a PlayStation only thing, I'll buy it on that system. Mm-hmm. But um mainly we use PC now. Like, uh, we're doing Horizon Zero Dawn because they just released it on PC. 
And it's cool, but it's like one of the glitchiest releases I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, and I, I think that that was the biggest. I mean, for me at least, is I I I love playing video games. I've been playing video games not. I mean, that's actually uh, Grand Theft Auto Five is what got me into triathlon because you can do yeah. a triathlon in Grand Theft Auto Five. Mm-hmm. And as I'm doing it, I'm like. I can. I was the captain of my swim team at Ken Easton High School, and I'm like, so I can swim, and I like running. Like I, anyone can figure out how to ride a bike, right? And I'm like, that yeah. maybe you know. But it's funny because video game inspired me to do this thing that I'm super passionate about now, you know. And I think video games have go. We're at the point in their development where it goes well above and beyond just oh, like it being a time waster. You know what I mean? I think yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's just there's so many inherent values to and like so many benefits that you can get, you know, the sense of community that you get from, you know, joining like Twitch and things like that or not even being a streamer, just joining and being a part of people's streams. Like you said, that one guy who always is waiting for you to come on, like you said earlier today, mm-hmm. you know, you hop on. Like you're making that guy's life better. That kid, you know, you don't you may or may not know the guy. I don't know your relationship with him, but you know, you, maybe that guy you've, you know, he wasn't in a good spot, but he gets to look forward to you streaming every day. And you know, it's, there's a lot yeah. of inherent values of this kind of stuff. And um, mm. I just think this whole, you know, I, I love this movement and especially with everyone staying at home now, you know, and God knows when this is going to end. I think it's just grown and growing. And um, my hope is to inspire others to kind of, get on the platform who, if you have any interest in any games to find a streamer that you like, everyone has such different personalities and, mm-hmm. um, you know, engage. And it, it's just such a fun way to, to, to spend time. You know, I don't think it's a time waster at all, you know? And yeah, yeah. I, so I guess that this is a long way to ask this question, but for someone who enjoys final fantasy seven or drag dragon quest or any of the other games that you've mentioned, um, and they want to get into streaming, you know, what would you, what advice would you give? Um, well, I think the first step is you just have to, you have to invest in your internet. That's like the biggest thing. Um, like the big things I think to start out with, you don't need a face cam really. Like I like people who have them, but, um, your audio and your, your video quality are like the most important things. Um, and then I would like like you recommended find streamers you like and you know like borrow ideas from them see how they like set up their streams and stuff because that's how like I started improving my streams at first because I just watched like I watched his partner named Northern Lion and his his like banter style while he plays is basically what started me like just kind of playing games by myself and thinking aloud and it's turned into you know yeah. And my own kind of thing. I was talking to Romeo about that too. Is I think when people, when people, um, you know, comment on your stream, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's really important to engage with them and acknowledge them and interact yeah. with them. And there's like this guy I listen to sometimes. His name is um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Eagle Garrett. And I just stumbled on this guy. Like I don't even know what the hell game he plays, but he has a lot of YouTube videos <laughs> on about getting set up so i leaned on him in developing my stream and everything and you know one of the things he really you know hammers home which i I really agree with is you know when people talk you know don't say like you know if if someone asks you a question and say it's a yes or no question like you know do you like this game don't just say like yes 
you know, it's, yeah. yes, I love this game. I got into it because, but, but, and you know, like people like to hear your story. People like to know about the person playing the game because mm-hmm. anyone can just watch anyone play a game, but it's developing that relationship on a personal level with people, you know, through the mm-hmm. platform, I think is a big help. Yeah, I think because we have uh, a couple people who are like, who come in and out and they're, they're like new streamers. Like um, this one person I know who has, they they watched another streamer who raided us once and they ended up in our chat and we've like were you know they got into streaming because they saw us doing it and we were like trying to kind of coach them through it but i think one of the mindsets people that's like the most toxic to new streamers is like i'm gonna have viewers from one day one or numbers you know Mm -hmm. like it's you spend a lot of time just like talking to yourself until someone just stumbles in and hangs out with you. That's exactly right. Especially, I mean, those first, like you said, you know, the the hardest thing, the hardest requirement is getting that average of three viewers. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the struggle. You know, it's um, you know, if you get one person come in and out, and you know, you can't get discouraged by that because you got to understand mm-hmm. that there are so many people streaming and there are so many options for people to watch that that one person treat them like gold they're giving you their attention you know they're they could go anywhere and they're here to hang out with you so you know Mm -hmm. make sure that it's you're making it worth their time because everyone's time is valuable and you want to respect it yeah and then i mean like you also i think you want to consider like the kind of stream you want to have because like um there are people who are like you know call of duty streamers or whatever and they don't have a face cam they don't have a microphone but they're just you watch them because they're so good at the game. It's mm-hmm. like almost superhuman. And they, they literally can't talk while they're playing stuff like that. Like people who play the Super Mario Maker game. Oh my they, God. They Those take, people are ridiculous. Yeah, it takes so much concentration that like to talk to you would make the stream actively worse. So yeah. like, do you want to have like a stream that's like about being like as perfect as possible in a game or is it a community-based thing? Like for us, what I've been working on recently a lot of is... um. The channel points i've been yes. trying to make those more interactive yes yes that's a good point and so i was actually going to ask you about that um what so what kind of things you know this is just me looking for advice <laughs> um what things do you do to interact with with the people you know and obviously me riding a bike is a lot different than you know people watching you mm-hmm. play final fantasy but what are some things that you do that um are engaging with your um viewers um well usually like one of my big things is i don't like basically like always be talking unless like it's like drowning out like an important part of the game you know Mm -hmm. um but basically if someone comes in like i always if they say something i always greet them ask like you know just something about them like you know how's your day going or whatever um just to start like a conversation Mm -hmm. um but we have recently set up channel points, so we've got a bunch. So we've got like one is just like kiss, marry, kill, so someone could just give you three random people like that game. Oh, I like that. I like um, that. We've also got give us a conversation topic, make me choose, um, pet cam. So our cat, one of our like our most popular emote is a like little anime cat. A version of our cat that just says yes on it <laughs> um so like we have like uh sure come if you whistle so we we have a pet cam one so like looking back from our last stream like someone asked us 
um, they for give us a conversation topic to ask um, discussed, which is double standard on the clothing terms of service for men and women. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, we got into a whole debate, not really a debate, but just a discussion about they had been watching a viewer or a, a streamer who was playing like a competitive game and they won a match. And I guess the streamer like ripped their shirt off literally uh-huh. like in half. <laughs> and then they were like, that's really cool. It was like a funny moment. But like, what if that was a woman? <laughs> right, right, right. That whole alinity uh, debacle, mm-hmm. right? Wasn't that a big thing? Yeah. Um, that's interesting though, because that's what I'm trying to do right now is so on my channel, um, I have, do you know what stream avatars are? Have you heard of these? Yeah. Yeah. The little game at the bottom. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So I have those, like they're all dinosaurs. And, Mm. um, so in the middle of a a stream, I'll just drop a bunch of stars and you got a, you know, exclamation point jump to, you know, the star and the stars are points and. Same thing you're talking about, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. um, so it's just a way to get more points as opposed to just sitting there watching. But um, yeah. like what I'll do is what I'm integrating now is like sprint as hard as you can for 30 seconds or, That's you know, what I was thinking. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I'm, I'm starting to, but I love the topics. That's, that's really smart. So I'm going to start doing mm-hmm. it. I'm going to steal that from you. So thank you. That's why I asked. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, all I did was like go into other people's streams and I would check out their channel points. I was like, that's kind of cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can you can definitely get a lot of good ideas from people, and that's why like what we do is completely different, but yeah. there's a lot of commonalities, you know, and that's why I like asking people because people are so creative. I was and the person who um asked the the double standard question actually they they stream too, and we've like been getting like a rapport, and they do a lot of art, which is really cool. So I've actually been getting into art because I've been watching them do our i like designed our most recent emote just to see if i could do it those art streams Um, are cool yeah um but like uh they had one that was um like a speed sketch so like you you give them like a a character to draw and paint and they just do it as fast as they can so you get like a goofy looking painting yeah so like i have i have um one we did last week oh it was someone said draw buff kirby (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then we were playing Quest for Glory, which is old '80s and '90s game I love. And then someone else was like, "Draw Buff Kirby who had swallowed the hero from Quest for Glory," and we drew it. And it's actually like the most cursed image I've ever seen. Um, I uh, I came out of the our bedroom the next morning, and my girlfriend was like, "I turned off the other monitor because I didn't like the way it was looking at me." <laughs> and I'm like, "This should be an emote now. It's absolutely <laughs> the scariest thing I've ever seen." Yes. Yeah, so, so you make your own because I just went on Fiverr and I worked with an artist. Uh, you know, help me develop mine because I have zero skill when it comes to that. You make your own uh, though. Well, I I our first three I paid like one of my friends was like, "Yeah, my friend does this art and they made ours." And then we recently got we hit. If you hit 15 subscriber points, you get an extra emote slot. And then, like, I think it's every 10, you get another one. Um, So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and draw my own emote. And because uh, in Dragon Quest, there's these little things called slimes. They're, like, the basic enemies. They're, like, super cute, but they also try to murder you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I drew my own slime, and I, like, learned how to do like the graphic uh line art and colorization and everything and it's just like a crying slime and it says like rest in peace or <laughs> above it. 
So like the, if we died, it'd be an email. It's topical to the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so, so cool. Yeah, we have the slime, we have our cat, and then because I like horror a lot, we have a like a waving, winking Cthulhu octopus. What um what and program then, do you use for that? Um it's a program called well i I used actually <laughs> it took me a while. Uh so first I draw it by hand and then I import that into Microsoft Paint, and Microsoft Paint has this like bendy line tool. So I take a black line and outline it all. And then there's another program called GIMP, which is like graphic information something processor. And uh, I use that for like colorization and stuff because you can like look up the hex code. Like I looked up the actual color, like HTML code of the slimes in the games, mm-hmm. and then like imported that into the program to get the right color. That's awesome. That's uh, that's pretty damn creative. Good on you. <laughs> it's been like a. It's actually become like a meditative thing for me now. Like every day, I draw like one. I try to draw one thing. That's that's, so like, that's really cool. So you, like today, I I drew um Baba Yaga's hut. <laughs> you you are uh, very self aware, and that's cool. You know, it's like what. You, 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 I don't think you're gonna get that burnout like you were talking about earlier. I think you're uh, you're doing a lot of things the right way. It sounds like. Yeah, I just I just try to and like you can kind of tell when you're not feeling it. Um, yeah. So that's why like you know we need a day off. You just take a day off. Right. All right. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, Ian, we've been on for over an hour now, hour and twenty minutes ish. Pretty yeah. crazy. So it's Friday. I know you probably got to get going or stream. <laughs> Are you streaming tonight? No, well I streamed earlier. I'm just gonna probably read some more tonight. <laughs> take it easy. Well, you deserve yeah. it, man. Thanks for. Uh, Thanks for coming on the show. And I always ask, is there anything, maybe any self-promotion or any topic we didn't cover that you think would be, you know, relevant that we didn't get out? Um, well, I actually, so when we were talking earlier, we, we went off on a tangent. It's a good tangent. Um, I do edit for a Buffalo-based uh, literary magazine called Variety Pack. Oh, yeah. I know um, that. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, the the whole idea was like, instead of most magazines are like, this is like a, a fiction magazine or like a horror or a fantasy one. And we wanted like, we like try to make every once in a while a, you know, like a, a variety pack of like fiction stories, poetry, art, whatever. Mm-hmm. So just so I throw that out there, if you go on Twitter, we have um, a type of variety pack. I think it's variety pack two. Send me the link. The Send me the link and yeah. I'll put it in the show notes when we're done. All right. Yeah. And so people can check it out. We have another issue coming out on the 29th of all. It's an all um, black cast of writers and artists. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, send me the link for that, too, so people can check that out, too. It'll all be in the show notes. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the last thing, most important question. um, What are you going to be doing when the Bills win the Super Bowl this year? Oh, I'm... You know, honestly, like I'll probably be running down the street in my favorite or my Bills jersey. <laughs> um, I uh, we have a Bills and Sabers flag on our balcony, and I actually like at least once a day someone walks by and yells like "You're in Atlanta" at our door. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, there's Buffalo or um, Atlanta has a lot of people from Buffalo, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a Bills backers bar like 45 minutes from my apartment or something. So. Uh... Last story I'll leave you with here. You know Pancho Billa, that uh, oh, yeah. super fan. So um, he's from here, and mm-hmm. uh, my first 
So uh, when me and my fiance first moved here, it was literally the week we moved here. Like this is literally the two week, two year anniversary, I think was like two days ago of us moving to Dallas. And um, so we moved here and we're like, let's go check out the Bill's Backer Bar um, in Dallas. And, um, you know, there's a preseason game. So we go to watch it and we sit down and, you know, obviously we don't know anybody. Our first time in Texas was in the U-Haul coming over the border. We didn't, we never even came here to visit it. We just, you know, moved here. Um, yeah. So we get to the backer bar and the, um, we're sitting there and this guy comes up to us and he's like, you know, welcome to the Bill's backer bar. You guys knew here. And he knew right off the bat that we weren't regulars. And, um, we're like, oh, this must be like the mayor of, you know, Bill's backer land here, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. Um, just super nice guy, whatever. Uh, we're like, yeah, I moved here to work for the soccer team, you know, and um, he's like, oh, I'm actually going on Saturday. And I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, well, you know, I can I can hook you up. You know, I'll see uh, you know, see if I can get you maybe a hat or something like that. You know, well, we get talking more. It was Pancho Villa. So, oh, he, yeah. Yeah. He runs. He runs. Well, ran the um, mm-hmm. uh, Bill's backer bar here and was the nicest guy in the world. And I told our social media lady um or or director of um social media and marketing and all that i told her that he was coming and he brought his bills headgear and he wore it to the to the game they actually (laughs) she interviewed him on the broadcast and i have a picture with him and um we kind of developed a friendship from there so it was cool i got to know him you know and his um his his family is just so sweet and they're still at the um so the Bills backer bar and we actually went to the playoff game in Houston this year and saw his family there and they you know mm-hmm. she came over and said hi to us so it's it's cool the Bills are just such a cool unique uh you know I think it's just a unique fan base compared to other ones so it's like uh, Buffalo sports has one of the weirdest like intense fan bases where they demand good teams but also will welcome literally anybody yeah, and they're um, never good. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know if you've ever been to Mesque back in Buffalo, the soccer oh, yeah. bar. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like you go in that place and you immediately are friends with like literally everyone in the bar. <laughs> yeah, my um, <laughs> there's no question. So FC Buffalo, no, obviously working for the Major League Soccer team here, um, FC Buffalo. I have like kind of developed an interest in that, and the owner Nick Mandola. Um, mm-hmm. We've actually become friends because. Um, I hooked him up with, they were doing an auction for FC Buffalo going overseas. And um, I brought him back some stuff from, uh, from FC, FC Dallas here. And he was like, uh, you know, so grateful. So I have like, I have a couple FC Buffalo jerseys now. And, but that's just the way it is in general. I mean, Buffalo, I miss it, man. I mean, it's, you know, home's always going to be home, you know? Now that you uh, say it, that's how you found me. Is I had taken a picture in my FC Buffalo jersey when they were playing. That's last right. Month. You were at a bar, and or something, right? <laughs> I was at work. You're at work. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's and exactly. I was just like, you know, repping Buffalo in downtown Atlanta. <laughs> I yeah. think that is literally the perfect way that we can end the show right now. Is that we brought it full circle. Well, we started with we not did. knowing, and then we. Had, that is awesome. That is great. Well, Ian, thanks for your time again. And send me those links. Um, I'll put them in the notes when we're done. And right. um, yeah, looking forward to, uh, you know, I'm obviously following you on Twitch and looking forward mm-hmm. to you and your girlfriend streaming. Maybe we can do one of these with uh, you and your girlfriend. On. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. Thanks for uh, thanks for yeah. tuning in, everybody.
Well, there you have it, everybody. Yet another show in the books. I hope you enjoyed our second Twitch affiliate on the show here. Um, just goes to show you the uh, the dynamic, you know, games that you can play. I mean, from Romeo last stream playing MLB and Call of Duty uh, to Ian on this one playing more of those RPG type games. Um, there really is so much. And we're just scratching the surface here. So I hope you enjoyed it. I know I really had a great time talking to him. What a really, really nice guy. And um, as always, I always want to plug a couple things here. Um, Rubcore, uh, I told you they're one of my uh, sponsors for my for my athletics, for my triathlon, and um, I have a custom-made rug right underneath, not rug, it's a, a rubber-type flooring. It's great for home gyms, and especially with everything going on now, um, I'm sure a lot of you have home gyms that you're working out at, and uh, it saves that wear and tear from you dropping the weights on the floor. For me, I have it under my bike for all my Twitch live streams when I'm riding my bike on Zwift. So if you are interested in learning more about that, you can reach out to me, but the brand is called Rubcore. Um, and also, I always like to plug on um, it's a running brand. Um, you have great shoes that they make with the patented cloud pods, uh, with the Helion uh, cushioning technology and, and something that I've been a fan of for years, um, and became part of the on run crew. Uh, this is my first year with the, with the squad. So if you are thinking about getting into running or buying a new pair of shoes, hit me up before you do, please. I am up to date with all of the newest updates and information about all of their apparel and shoes. So again, thanks for listening. I really appreciate uh, your time. And uh, we have a lot, a lot of really cool guests coming up on the show. So, you know, stay tuned. Uh, Twitch.tv slash go for the Goldie is where these live. Also on YouTube, if you look up Brian Goldsmith, they're on there. And then obviously on Spotify, iTunes, um, Google Podcasts, anywhere basically you get your iTunes, these are going to live. So again, Thanks for listening and hope you have a great rest of your day, night, or whenever you're listening to this. Bye-bye.